Before we get started on our Greg Minar episode, we just need to say thank you to Spoke Magazine, Advanced Traders, and Norco for making this special episode happen. Greg's move to Norco is maybe the biggest team switch, not only this year, but in the last few years. And the team at Norco and Advanced Traders lined up some time for us to talk with Greg about how the move to Norco came about, how the new down or bike's going for him, and of course, it wouldn't be the OTB podcast without some throwbacks to his 26-inch days. So again, special thanks to Spoke Magazine, Advanced Traders, and Norco for making it happen. On to the show. garment <laughs> quite happy it's all right isn't it looks looks pretty good in that bad boy excellent i think the word you're looking for is look at that thing it's beautiful done beautiful all right welcome back to the otv podcast the original and still the best new zealand mountain bike podcast now when I first discovered downhill mountain biking in around the year 2000, I can still vividly remember flicking through the pages of a magazine and seeing this 18-year-old kid doing a heel clicker, and I dubbed him the Fresh, Pin- Fresh Prince of Big Air. Uh, went on to win his first World Cup round and then the overall title the very next year, and I'll unashamedly admit that he is still my favourite rider to this very day. Uh, a man that shouldn't need any introduction at all, the GOAT, Greg Minar. Welcome to the show, mate. So good to have you. Hey, thanks, Garrett. Thanks for, for having me. It's, it's great to see you too. It's been a while. Oh man, it's um, no, it's amazing. I didn't think we'd be getting anyone uh, anyone like Greg on the show, so we are we are absolutely stoked. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure this is probably um, well. I mean, the internet's already kind of broken anyway. The team rumours going on this season. I think the um, I think the internet broke when the news dropped that you left uh, Santa Cruz after 16 years. But um, tell us about how the new Norco deal came about. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a bit of a surprise to me too. And um, but I, I was I was pretty fortunate, really. Um, it's uh, it's all it's basically based on relationships, right? And I had a a longtime friend um, who who had moved from Oakley. Uh, Gwen von Lingen had um, was the VP of marketing at Oakley for, for many years. Um, internationally, and she had um, now moved into the bike industry, and she was out at my at our wedding in April, and, and we we're having a chat, and she was saying how she's you know possibly taking up on this this opportunity, and anyway, when when things kind of went down, we've always been good friends, and I was just balancing some stuff off her, and she just said, well, hey, why don't you come join Norco, and we'll celebrate things, and then well, make it, you know, make make a celebration out of it. So I was like, well, shit. Uh, don't actually know too much about Norco, to be honest. I mean, I've seen the bikes. It's been around, but it didn't seem exciting, right? But um, we got chatting and she, you know, she introduced me to this this group of about six engineers. And it's incredible because I think it's possibly like the best kept secret in mountain biking. I mean, often we lose some of the best engineers um, in the industry to the, to, the mo- to the motor industry. I mean, they poach anyone who's any, like, any good at out of uh, engineering and, and ship them over to motor industry. Somehow these guys have got a stacked pile of engineers that all come from the motor industry. I mean, not all of them. You got David Cox who, who leads engineering and he comes from like McLaren Automotive. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Um, and then there's Adrian Ward who spent like seven years in, in McLaren F1. Um, it's, um, you know, it, it, once they've rolled this out and, and you know, full-time uh, suspension kind of, development center within in-house you know and, and that's run by colin ryan i mean they've got tons of data and and uh telemetry of all different bikes and dinos and everything and i was like how, how, how did i not know about this yeah that's so so you know well kept secret i mean surely you would have thought the same right yeah it's um you know 
I had no idea they actually had like a, a race department in engineering. So they've got a test rider um, engineer who uh, Kirk who who races at a really high level. He's going to yep. be racing the World Cups too, but you know he he tests a lot with the yep. guys and, and gives a lot of great feedback. So um, man, they, I had no idea that it was such a stacked team. That's um that's got to give you some good confidence just knowing that kind of level of um level of team you've got there, and obviously I'm sure they're. Uh, just the fact of the resources you've got there, I'm sure you guys will be working pretty closely on uh, really dialing in that bike this year. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we, we got talking about the bike and and um, that bike too is, you know, I haven't, you know, it. I, I think in Downhill we, we we kind of way up the compromising whether, uh, you know, you need to drop the bottom bracket and if you do, then you're going to have a slacker head angle or, um, you know, if you're going to make the rear shock more progressive, you're going to steepen up the, the head angle or something like there's always a compromise yeah. where everything on this, on this prototype bike is isolated. So if you want to adjust, you know, the shock rate and, and make the bike more linear or more progressive, you can do that without adjusting anything else on the bike. If you want just the head angle, half a degree or a degree slacker or steeper, you can isolate it to just the head angle and you know, there's there's some you know there's something to it. I mean, these guys have really thought hard about making this bike, and they've come up with a race bike. So that gave me confidence to know that if I'm going to get on this bike and race, that I, I don't need a, you know, I don't typically really need to go and test this bike because I can I can manipulate it in any way I need to to make it work for me. If I feel like um, the 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 mullet isn't well suited, then I need to I can go to a 29 inch rear wheel. Um, so everything can be adjusted independently and that's that's again just something really special in, in in downhill i mean i don't know many bikes that can do that no 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 like you say normally you're um you're kind of you know you might have a couple of adjustments but like you say you change one adjustment and it changes you know two other things on the bike so that's um that's really impressive to have that amount of flexibility with the um adjustments on it yeah I, you know I, I was blown away really it was so you know it, it's obviously going to be quite um it was quite a big change for me to go off, go for Santa Cruz to a high pivot. And uh, I, was, I was a little bit nervous, but also trying to be open-minded to, to see how this bike rides and reacts. But, you know, with everything being so adjustable and so isolated, it, it makes it a lot easier to control where you need to di- direct the change. Yeah. Um, and, and that gave me a lot of confidence in the bike. Yeah, and I guess that's a good thing for you when you go into the race season, because like you say, you're, you're, uh, you know, you're not testing to find a couple of, sweet spots you've got kind of just all this range of adjustments you can get the bike close and then you can easily kind of dial in the small things later on for sure um and that was you know again these guys bring bring in this like this high level of of motorsport that we we don't really see it we don't really see a mountain bike where you know went to go test this bike and they've really downed all the suspension to put all the suspension in the right range. So we're not trying to set up the suspension. We just fine tuning it. So it makes the bike a lot easier to ride. So there's a lot of adjustment. There's a lot of adjustment everywhere. Um, but these, these guys were so prepared. They had set the spike up to what they felt would be a, a good starting point. And that makes such a big difference. I mean, preparation is key with that. So, you know, within five runs, I felt super comfortable on the bike. Um, already doing pretty decent times on it so um yeah it was really a good start that's awesome did you ride it before signing greg i uh, didn't know well that is that is confidence. <laughs> you know, I felt, I, I, you know when, when you've got when you've got a great team of engineers backing you and and they speak to you about the bike and tell you exactly what it can do and uh where the adjustment is you know Nowadays, the suspension is really good, and you can get away with with you know with refining the bike through the suspension. But this just takes it to another level where you can absolutely manipulate each part of this bike to make it work. So, um, yeah, I was fully confident after knowing what this bike can do that that I'll be able to race at a I'll I'll be able to be competitive on it. That's awesome to hear. I, I guess that's a little bit of confidence in yourself too to be able to set a bike up to work rather than rely, you know, on a solely on a team, you, you know, yourself, you can make things happen. Yeah. I mean, it's, 
It's always nice to have a, a team backing it up, right? And, and and the team's really important when when things aren't working. You know, when you need that boost of confidence, or you need you need some kind of platform to then propel yourself up again. Um, that's where to me a team's super important. But when things are rolling well, you know, it doesn't matter what team you are, it's going to roll really well. It's 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 eliminate those bad drops, and when you do drop, or if you have a drop, to then rebound as quick as you can. Hey, so I mean, obviously. Um... I think the kind of narrative had been looking like 2024 was going to be your last season, but um, do you kind of feel like maybe you have a little bit of refreshment on a new bike? Do you still think that's the case or maybe some, some future plans still going on? Maybe a bit of a Ricky Carmichael kind of, you know, era to do a few races next season or something as well. No, I, you know, this season, I 23 didn't go well, you know, we had like the whole format change. We had a new bike. You know, I planned to, I really wanted to retire after Fort William. I mean, that was my, that was my goal. And, you know, and it wasn't that I felt like I'd win it and then retire. I think I just wanted a good race. And uh, they, they, we were far from that. Um, it's, you know, I had quite a lot of pressure and uh, stress coming in into Fort William. You know, we, we had a bit of development that we need to do on the bike and, and that was being done at, at like a really quick rate. The guys really did a good job of, of trying to do that. But we got to Fort William and it just, you know, when you're standing in the in the start gate with probably 30 seconds to go and your bike only gets past you then, you, you're not really taking off on the right foot, right? Yeah. And uh, and it just ended in disaster with, um, you know, the tire blowing off and, and everything else. So, um I try to get out through the season and it just didn't feel right. You know, I've had, I've had a great career. I've really enjoyed it. I've had some great racing, some, you know, some great moments, some really bad moments, but you know, when, when the stress is so high, you don't really enjoy it. You don't really enjoy that season. And this was a season that, you know, yeah, we had a lot of fun with, with friends and, and other riders and everything else, but as, as a race season, it, it really was just more stressed than anything else. And um, so, so that's just made me think, you know, this is not a, where I'd like to retire. I think I'd have resentment for not doing another year if I did. And um, so, yeah, I wanted to come back and race World Cups. I felt like I had good pace, but just a lot of bad luck and just lacked the momentum through the season. Hopefully now with the, uh, you know, a year a year under the belt of the, uh, you know, the format change and that sort of thing that should be a bit more comfortable as well with all that sort of knowing kind of how it all works. I mean, man, you've had, You've had a lot of years under your belt of a very, you know, constant format. And last year was a big change, so I could see how that would have made a big difference. <laughs> it was hard, eh? It just, you know, I thought like it would be really, I thought it would really suit my style, you know, consistent, just chip away at the points and, and just be up there every, every like, qualifying, semi-final, final. But, sure, when you get to that semi-final, you're like, oh, the weekend should be done and you've got to go up again and do it another final i mean you're absolutely spent by the end of it so I mean, what, did, what did you guys think of the format i mean if, for the viewers it, it's got to be quite different it's it's definitely interesting from our side like we talked about it quite a bit and the fact that um unless we could watch the semi-final live which is always difficult given our time zone i didn't pay a lot of attention to the semi-finals like i mean the finals is always the one you know as a from the outside as a viewer that you want to watch like if i could see the semi-finals if the time zone worked I'd, I'd jump on and watch as much as i could but i didn't watch much of them to be honest so yeah nah. it, it's funny i was chatting to uh, sean spomer from vital and yep. he was the exact opposite he had watched the semi-final and then you know didn't really watch the finals so um mm. yeah it, it's it's, really? it's interesting you know mm. the, the way they've mixed it up yeah it's definitely different so um is there any long-term plans in place with Norco post-retirement? You don't have any, you know, kind of coaching, mentor, Steve Pete type role or anything in play? Yeah, I think, you know, my, my role into the team is, is not really as a racer. Okay, for, I'm going to definitely be racing for 24, but, you know, my main role in the team is to set this up and um, direct this team and guide it, you know. We want to really level up and, and try and be like a, a team that pushes the boundary of technology and in terms of race support. So from trackside assistance to how we can, can get the engineering and to really support the rider in, in, in another level, 
Um, so from an engineering side to track side assistance, um, to being in the pits, to just absolutely take everything off the rider and let the rider just focus on racing. Um, you know, we're working on different things to try and break down sectors to try to find exactly where the rider is going to make time or lose time. You know, I mean, you know, as a racer, you, you can you can be two seconds down in, in a sector and, and you look at a sector and there's 10, 12 corners. Yeah. And, and so, you know, you, you're like, how do I how do I find this, these two seconds? Like, which corner was it? Was it one or was it 12? Yeah. And, and so you can completely look in the wrong place and suddenly you, you you lack confidence thinking you're on the wrong line or something else. Meantime, it was, you know, maybe just dabbing a little bit too much brakes on a, a corner that you didn't realize you need to carry so much speed on. So um, I think trying to, like, really work hard at figuring out where, where on track the riders are losing time and where they can get support. I think that's um, that's super important. So, you know, there, there, there's definitely teams out there like uh, Commensal and Specialized doing a great job of of really uh, honing in on on race support. And and I think and that's exactly where we want to be. And um, I think we've got a great team to to find a way to to really challenge that. Nice. Anything on there? Greg, obviously. We've talked about the bike and things, and um, obviously that that frame itself is a big big change for you. But there's been some, I guess, parts and things that have been really consistent almost through your whole career. I'm thinking suspension. You've been on Fox a long time. Maxis. I can't even think of a time when you're on anything else. Um, is there anything you're you're bringing through to this this new deal, and maybe even that goes for people as well, like your mechanic and things? Is that something you're bringing yes. across? Yeah, so that, that was kind of special too. You know, when I when I first chatted to um, Sean, the CEO of, of Norco, he he just I said, you know, what what you know, bikes one thing, suspension, tires, you know, what are we using? And he's like, what do you want to use? We want to have the fastest team on the best bike. Um, what do you think is best? That's what we're going to go with. We're not going to align ourselves with anyone. He has like a blank sheet. You go you go build this best bike, and so that was one of the first steps. Is you know. If, we're going to go with Maxxis tires. Um, I think they've got like a, a consistent range um, for most conditions. Um, I think it's a, it's a really good tire. Um, so so that was, you know, one of the first things we, we, we secured. And the next was suspension. So, you know, you'll see we, we go through some rock shocks, um, different uh, dampness settings on, on, on rock shocks and Fox. And uh, that was our first test session to actually f- establish like which direction we want to go with suspension because that determines which you know drive chain and brakes we are now open to and and so that's the first piece that needs to or second piece that needs to be ticked off and um, yeah we went back and forth and and you know I had to be open to to give this a really really good go and, and I mean this team came in really well prepared you know they they had downloaded all the um, like the setup that of fork that I is my staple setup and uh, matched it with with rock shocks and yeah it was it was really good it was it was interesting to see how the other folks handled um but what was the differentiator was was just the handling i felt like with the the fox i was able to to quickly move the bike and and that's something that lacks so because of the fork chassis we decided to, to stick to fox and um everything else is is to be determined so we're working through it we're chipping away we're obviously quite late to the game you know um, the season only finished in, in middle of all, uh, middle of October, so everything only kind of uh, came into play in November, and and so December's kind of a half month with everyone closing. So it's it's a little bit on the back foot, but we but we'll push through now in Jan and 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 finalise the rest of the bike. That's pretty cool that you've gone in with that full um, or been able to go in with that full open mindset of let's try everything, let's build the best bike we can like that's that's got to be a nice feeling to not be yeah stuck in a we have to run this brakes and we have to run this wheel etc etc so that'll be cool yeah it's a different approach but it's you know i feel like the culture that's been driven by norco is a complete culture of of race Mm. and it's something you can't really you know i mean you can try and and have this culture within the team, but if it's not driven from from the back end, it's really hard to to follow through with. And I think that's that's really cool. Um, th- this this whole team, like the, the whole culture around it, is to, to performance and and being the best 
having the fastest bike and, and the best team around to be the best. So, I mean, that that's really cool. It's, it's awesome. So, um, you're currently at home in South Africa, and I know you've always generally liked to spend a good amount of the off-season there, just kind of, I guess, to, to wind down and get away from the whole scene for a while. But um, I think you normally take a good break from the downhill bike as well. But has that changed this year? Have you been riding more downhill? Hey, it was... Um, I had to come back. I mean, South Africa won the Rugby World Cup. So nah, I had to come don't go there, Greg. Don't go there. We're not supposed to talk about that. <laughs> It's been amazing. I mean, December was incredible. Um, but, uh, no, it, it's, it, I, I do come back and it's like, you know, we, we live on the East Coast, uh, well, the, yeah, the East Coast of South Africa, and it's, it's very tropical. So we're not like summer rains. So it's virtually impossible to go ride mountain bikes right now. So are you um, still in like Peter Maritzburg? So, yeah, yeah. 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 So um, it's, I mean, you might remember the the World Cup here. Yeah. Uh, once it rained, it's like oh, it was. It's, I just remember it being mess. horrible. Yeah, you just can't get down. So last week we had one sunny day, and oh, man. Uh, it's. Uh, <laughs> I went out for a little spin to 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 just check things out and and test a new bike. But um, yeah, it's it's really odd. I do I do take a bit of a break from downhill, but uh, the last couple of years I've been trying to ride a bit earlier. Um, and, and get going. I, I feel like, you know, the pace is, the level is really high right now yep. and everyone spends a lot of time on their downhill bike and, and a lot of time testing and, and preparation is everything. So I, I have to try to spend a bit more time in the, in the latter years of racing down or riding down. It's amazing how much that's changed even 10, 15 years ago, I'm sure. Like you probably did one or two test sessions like for the first World Cup and yeah, every, everyone showed up and got into it, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's a new game now. Uh, completely new. It's uh, you know, guys are testing a couple of weeks ago, just before Christmas. I mean, it's that's nuts. It's trying to fit in all these test sessions is important, and uh, dialing that bike. Wow. And it's you know, I almost feel like it's a race nowadays at a World Cup. You're kind of racing to set your bike up to make sure your bike's up for the track, and then you're trying to get you know nail the track as hard as you can. So it's it, it's it's a it's a race of getting set up, and then in that track pace and getting that pace up on that first day and then keeping that momentum through the weekend so um you know it's it, it, it has changed a lot there's a lot of data being used there's um a lot of team support you know guys on track side filming um helping riders with lines and everything else um and you know it, it possibly was like you know I, if i think back 10 15 years ago you probably have someone tracks out trying to help you pick a line that was probably safer to go down. Yeah. You know, now with the, now with the bikes, you know, now the bikes handling so well, tires really good, brakes amazing, suspension incredible. I mean, you just plow through everything. So now it's just really about finding the fastest line down. Um, and uh, yeah, so we've got guys on track side. It's, 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 it's really become a lot more professional. That's for sure. No more throwing yeah, eggs at people. Absolutely, it seems it. And stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, you've just you've just sort of detailed how you know impressive that the team at Norco is, and I guess I'd be a little, oh, remiss as a downhill tragic not to mention the Honda team you're on. You know, twenty odd years ago, are there any parallels there? Obviously, they're an enormous engineering powerhouse. Is that some? Um, are you seeing any similarities? There are. I mean, when I did a, a test with Norco, the, this, the day I got back, I had these test sheets and they were like, every round had a test sheet of what was changed, what was adjusted, da 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 da, da feedback. This whole sheet just was emailed to me. Um, you know, that's exactly what happened on Honda. Um, every wow. round was, was counted for. And and I feel like, you know, that's where Donald's going. And um, these guys have done an incredible job. I mean, uh, Collins set up the data for this bike and, and they're pulling all this data into, you know, I've never seen a program like it because he had written all the code for it. And this is something that they've created. So it's a way for oh, them to, to find a, a great setup for a bike. And what was, was super impressive was the feedback was correlating exactly to, to what they were showing as like bright green, you know, they had this different chart of, of greens. And so, yeah, I mean, these guys have, have really dug deep into downhill racing. They've got a lot of data. Um, they've, 
they've really made a, a bike geared for racing. You know, we don't have these pretty internal cable routing because, you know, the mentality behind it is if you need to, if you damage a brake or bend a lever or, or pull a hose out, you're not going to, you know, replace the lever, re-bleed the brake. You're just going to take the whole brake set off and put a whole new brake set on that's already been bled, that's run and ready to go. And, and that's the mentality these guys have behind the race team. And, and that's um, that's something new to, to downhill, I feel. It's it's amazing because I never, I mean, yeah, I mean, we kind of touched on it at the start, but you just never from the outside realized how invested in racing Norco actually was. So that's really cool to hear. Yeah. Um, so Fort William is a place that you know very well. Um, incredibly, you have seven wins there alone, which would put you seventh on the all-time list just from Fort William. Um, also a four-cross win there, going way back. Um, yeah. 2004, you just switched to the G-Cross Honda team and you won the opening round at Fort William. Yeah. Is it, I mean, it's a long time ago, but do you have excitement going to Fort William for the first round? Like, is that is that something special to you there? Yeah, I mean, Fort William's cool. It's, you know, I, I raced my first season for Team Animal Orange back in 2000. And so I was UK-based. I've got a lot of friends and, and fans in the UK. And I feel really, you know, I feel really, like it's my home home race away from home. And, uh, you know, somehow the track has worked out really well for me. Uh, that 2004 going there on, on Honda was an incredible race. But, you know, if you go back to 2004, that's when Honda decided to race the American National yeah, you Championship. Yeah, you weren't even racing so, the World Cups full-time. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I know. I, I, was leading, I was leading the World Cup series, but then had to go and race the what was called the Norba Series yeah. back then and miss out some of the World Cup races. So, you know, I, I would love to that season, although I was leading and things were going well for me that season, I'd love to finish that season and, and, and raced every round of the World Cup. But, you know, it's it's funny when you look back and go, well, you know, it was such an experience going to Honda, even though I had to forfeit a World Cup season for it. Um, the, the experience I learned from that was was incredible. It's so insane to think that that was the case, yeah, after you were your world champ. That's, you know, the reigning world champ going into that season as well. And you're like, yep, we're going to just basically miss most of the World Cup rounds. Yeah. Um, you've also raced against basically every one of the greats uh, of our sport. Uh, Volios, Petey, Hill, Atherton, Gwyn, Bruni, um, maybe Tomac's one of the one of the few that you've missed, but um, who's been your toughest competitor? Tomac was around in the... T- t- Tomac was around in 2000. He was actually. He just You're launched right. his bike brand, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, who's, who's been the... That's insane to think that, really. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> It's so impressive. But who's uh, yeah? Who's been your toughest competitor? You reckon over the, all this time? Oof. I, the the two toughest were probably Sam and and Gwynny. Yeah, I mean those two were really were really hard to crack. Um, you know, Sam had such a different riding style to me, mm. um, and and trying to just match his pace and in like a flat open corner and. Uh, it was really hard, you know. Um, and when you look back at like the footage, you see the bikes were so small and short, and they looked like BMXs. Yeah. And we were scared to grow the wheelbase on them. So I mean, that was really hard. And then, so Sam was just yeah, he just had an incredible style of managing to hold these really tight lines. Um, and then, then Gwynny was just he brought this new pace that was, you know, I would think pre Gwynny you would attack a technical section, you'd get onto like a road or, or uh, interleading section, you'd rest up a bit and then attack in the next section. And then, you know, you'd break your, your track, track up into like multiple little sections and have a bit of time to rest the hands and then, and then go hard again. Gwynny just brought this like pace that was from the start to the finish, just flat out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that, that, that was like, that really altered the way, the way I raced. I had to like really change things up and, and, and you know, you you're riding at like 110 percent from start to the finish i mean the risk is super high but you know that's what you have to do to try and beat him yeah and man it's only it's only elevated from there too i it's going to be cool to see where the sport goes in another few years 
the pace that'll be. Yeah, there. you're exactly right. I mean, now you, you go to a place, um, you know, one, 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 one track I think of is, is um, Leger, where yeah. the, that pace is so hot and, and you're trying to like squash this bike and hold it down and, and just, you know, get the wheels on the ground so you can actually like take the corner and you're drifting through this, slapping into a soft, sloppy berm and off a road gap. And it's just, it's incredibly high pace, especially through all those forests. So, yeah, you're right. It, it, it has adjusted. But um, I, I think those two riders definitely, there was a, a very big adjustment from the Samuel era and, and the Gwini era. Those, those two adjustments were, were quite hard to match. Yeah. Now, some of the stuff, yeah, I mean, was racing at that point. It's like some of the lines that Sam would take through technical sections and you're just looking at it going like, how was how he riding this? Like, how was he making the bike actually go through there? And he's just floating through it. So, no, it was, it's been some seriously impressive guys to watch over the years. Yeah, I mean, Sam's riding was, was incredible. It, it really was. Eh? He, um, some of those lines he could, could hold, um, you know, sometimes they didn't pay off. No, you know, <laughs> not all the time. Often. <laughs> but, but when they did, I mean, he was, he was, he was impressive, eh? He kind of reminds me of James Stewart, you know, like just crazy speed, but probably, you know, obviously he had a lot of wins and a lot of incredible wins, but probably not to what he could have done if it had, you know, just stayed a lot more wheels on the ground and held it together. Sure, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Is there an era of racing that you sort of um, are most fondest of, Greg? Is it now? Is it race? ten years ago? No, I, like, I guess that we're talking about hell and things, but yeah. Any any particular race or season or whatever, yeah. Well, I mean, the, the seasons that I beat it were were amazing to beat. <laughs> didn't happen often, but when it did, man, I enjoyed it. But I mean, Sam had a great season in in like two thousand and eight, two thousand nine. You know, 2008, I just beat him, and I think 2009, he had beat me. But, you know, around that time where it, it was, you know, G. Atherton was kind of sneaking in there too every now and then. Petey was still around. Um, yeah, the, the, those were, that was a good era of racing, but also having a good time. I yeah. mean, it, it was a good balance. Yeah, I think there, <laughs> yeah. was, a, there, there was a good balance. <laughs> no I social mean, media. No balance is definitely <laughs> no social media. Yeah. You couldn't get in trouble. Um, there, there was a great, there was a great balance of racing and then socializing. Whereas yeah. um, there's not much balance now. It's all racing. But in saying that, it's um, the sports got a lot more professional. It's um, it's it's a really a professional sport where where the team counts. You know what? Yeah. You know the the support from the team, how the team can can secure the rider and support the rider in many ways makes a big difference. So that's exactly a part of the plan with with Norco. So. Um... Speaking of memories, James, you had a you had a question, another memory question. I've got one for you, James. We're obviously Quickly, both. I mean, the surname is Rennie. I mean, is there any relation? There? <laughs> <laughs> it's no relation, no relation. I wish. Yeah. Um, we're obviously both Kiwis, so we're we're keen to hear your, I guess, best memory of racing in New Zealand. And I really hope it's not. Uh, and was it twenty seventeen, Kieran, when you pulled him into a section and he? Uh, he injured himself. I think that was about 20, 2015 <laughs> at Crankworks. Yeah, 2014, wasn't it? Oh, something around there. It was yeah. 14. It was, uh, yeah, yeah. I think you, you busted up your thumb. Yeah, I had a stenolesion on my thumb. So, yeah. I mean, the best memory there was just the South African mafia who managed to, within 24 hours of crash, he managed to operate on my thumb and I was um, back recovering with like literally 24 hours. So, Oh, that's right. That's impressive. Yeah. It's amazing what you can get done with the people who you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The other one we had was, what is your uh, best memory of a New Zealand downhill rider? Can be on or off the track. Oh, jeez. Uh, I mean, there, there, there's a few. One, one in particular was the Bulldog. I mean, I mean, the Kiwis have been around. I mean, I remember my first race in Shadow Day and in first World Champs and. In 97 and we were staying pretty close to the Kiwis and I remember uh, Kakaldi um, and a few others I mean they're pretty loose back then yeah Kiwis have always known to be loose right <laughs> um, 
Okay, there's a few. Uh, uh, Nathan Rankin trying to do a gainer off off the stairs <laughs> in, in in Andorra going I, into the nightclub. That that's a good memory. I said to James, I was like, I hope he brings up Rankin <laughs> trying to flip an Andorra, and there it is. <laughs> And that's right, you know, where we live in Andorra, it's just down the street and there's a, no a restaurant we go and visit and it's right in front of it. I talk about that. One of the, one of the good oh. ones was Bulldog. I mean, it was Valdesol. I can't remember what year. Um, he must have been on Evil. He was in yellow. Yeah. For sure. And I remember coming down into the first rock section. It's pretty steep up there. And um, yellow flag and a stop. <laughs> And there's Bulldog walking back up. He's like shot off track. He's hit the TV tower and he's gone cartwheeling down the hill. And uh, they're trying to get him out the netting and everything else. And so big course salt. So anyway, he gets up. He, he heads down the track. We keep riding. We get about midway down. Another big course salt. And there's Bulldog coming out the bushes. <laughs> Barks on the other side of the track. He like dusts himself off. Gets back up. Starts riding down again. Then we come into the bottom again, and it's another yellow flag or red flag, and everyone has to stop again. And there's Bulldog off the track, oh, full of dust, walking back up, gets <laughs> on his bike, and, and that's how you complete your first run in Valdezel. Like three massive stacks. I mean, oh. that, uh, that guy's impressive. But if anyone he's, was going to take those is, hits, it was one him. of the toughest guys I know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. And he probably loved every moment of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think he lost his. I think oh, he yeah. lost his GoPro off his helmet because he had hit the TV tower so hard that the GoPro <laughs> just shot off down the hill. Oh, jeez! <laughs> what an animal! Um, you've raced 164 World Cups, from what my um, what my bit of research tells me. Give or take, I'm sure maybe there was one or two missing there or something. But alone, that is bloody impressive. Um, at 46 different venues. Uh, is there a venue that you would like to see make a comeback? Something from years back, you know, something you're like, man, it'd be cool to go racing there. I mean, we had some great venues back in the day. I mean, Brazil was, you know, maybe not the best down on track, but it's a great, a great venue. venue. I mean, yeah. that, was in, that was really, really cool. On the beach. Um, Japan, on the beach, and then into the mountains in Japan. I mean, Japan was, was a super cool venue. Um, great track. Um, the, I think you know it would be nice to go South America, maybe back to to Asia. Um, it would be nice to to expand the World Cup a bit more. Um, but obviously now with with all the teams investing so much in trucks and yeah. um, having these big pit setups, it's it's really hard to shift it all you know globally. Um, but there's there's definitely room. I mean, Big Bear in California is a great venue. Yeah, um, right, just outside Los Angeles. So. Yeah, you know, there's 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 a strong series now being established. You know, the uh, clay from the U.S. Open has really mm. put in a good series now in the U.S. And um, that big I see Big Bear is back on. But you know, that was one of my first World Cup top tens, and and you can kind of see this resurgence of, of youth in, in America back into downhill racing. So that's really cool. I think we need to support U.S. racing a bit. So taking the World Cup back to Big Bear would be would be great. Yeah, I think there's been a a real lack in North America in the last 10 years, but man, some of my favorite races I've watched or, you know, seen footage of in the past was always in the U S and I mean, that's why my racing kind of took me there because that was just what I loved watching, what I wanted, where I wanted to be. And it'd be cool to see big bear and some of those old venues back. Yeah. I mean, back in the Norma days, the, the series was strong. They had a, a, a great atmosphere around the events. It's, um, it was really cool. I, I I do miss those days. I mean, racing in America is always good fun. Yeah. I think the sport's healthy when racing in America is healthy. Eh? Yeah. It certainly seems that way. Yeah. I, I think now with this new series, it's going to be good. I mean, I, the last couple of years, well, I didn't race it two years ago, but last year I raced the US Open. Um, I've been to two of them now. And, you know, they, they put in a really good show there. A load of riders, the, the level of racing is super high. And you can see these youth coming through. I mean, look at Asa. I mm. mean, he was mm. second in, in the US Open. Yeah. Um, you go down to like U16, that, that field is stacked with some really talented riders. It's it's good to see the, the US coming on strong and downhill. Yeah. Yeah, there's some incredibly fast kids coming all coming from all over the place these days. Yeah, who's coming up from 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 Kiwiland? 
we have a couple of, I mean, other than a host of uh, very fast young females, like we've got four or five really quick junior girls. I mean, we saw the sweep at world champs on the podium, but um, yeah, we've got a couple of under 17 kids who are absolutely rapid. So they will be, they'll be just moving into yeah. juniors this season now. Uh, both of them are racing World Cups from what I understand. And so hopefully young uh, Ollie Clark and um, Tyler Waite should be turning some heads, I think, along with a bunch of other okay. kids that are chasing them. So it's exciting. We've, we've kind of had a bit of a lack, really. Like we had this bit of a lull for, for quite a few years. And I mean, you look at the, the guys who are racing world cup still and doing reasonably well like brooke and blinky and eddie masters win all of them are over 30 like it's we kind of yeah. have this missing missing portion so now it'll be good what's that due to because i i feel like you guys have a, a really decent like national series and yeah it 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 struggled kind of went away a little years. yeah we, we've had some struggles for a few years but i don't know there just seems to be this bit of a i think enduro took a lot of fast kids away as well and I think there's yeah. been a bit of a resurgence. Yeah. I think downhill is just having a resurgence again. I think, um, yeah, everything's kind of balanced out again. And the kids are like, yeah, I just want to race downhill. I don't want to pedal. So that's where we get them. Uh, yeah. Well, that's cool. It's cool to hear that there's some Kiwis coming through. I mean, you guys have always had a couple guys up there, mm. you know, from, yeah. from back in what, Kirkcaldy's day. Um, yeah. Was anyone before Kirkcaldy? Yeah, uh, Darren Henderson before mm-hmm. Cody and then, yeah, Rankin and just a slew of guys after yeah. that, so. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Um, random question for you. Jumping in the time machine, if you go back, there can only be a 26-inch bike. What would be your 26-inch bike of choice from your career? If you had to go race something. Uh, I mean, that Honda was cool, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> You know, it, it, it definitely, you know, running that internal chain and, and the external, the bike didn't coast fast enough. And we worked really hard at it. And I think we would have got it right if we had continued with Honda. But, um, you know, that was downfall. Nowadays, with, in downhill, like, you hardly pedaling, you hardly even shift yeah. gears. So it probably wouldn't be the right bike. Um, I had a great year on the on the V10, the, the you know, 2008. That bike was probably one of my favorite 26 inch bikes yeah yeah that's cool i actually just none of them would fit now no that will be tiny they are so small i actually pulled the bikes down for discovery uh, beginning of last season and i sat on my honda and you know the suspension feels so close to what we run now it's incredible that's amazing uh, wow it's yeah and uh but flip man it's it's tiny eh? yeah it's like a cruiser BMX. <laughs> I just I just recently bought a uh, 26 inch V10 from that era when uh, like around that era when you joined and um, just because there was a really tidy one going, so I bought it just to put it in the shed and it is so small, it's absolutely miniature. <laughs> and I I remember when when Ross Cup was wanting to you know I was making the transition over to Santa Cruz. Rob was like, oh, what size bike you want to ride? I was like, a large. Yeah. I think I need a large. Yeah. No, Excel's way too big. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, how times have changed. Yeah, jeez. Uh, Red Dog, have you got anything else? Do you... We've probably got a few questions we carry on with. I but... guess. Um, well, I, I do have a. I do have one question. I did. I spent quite a lot of time uh, in the in British Columbia and Vancouver, and obviously Norco is based out of. I think they're based out of Burnaby, um, from memory. Um, are you intending on spending any time up in BC? Um, I'm sure. Well, yeah, I'd love to go check it out. You know, especially this um, uh, this whole like engineering thing just really gets me going. Yeah, and the fact that they've got suspension dynos in house. I mean, I've you know I'm used to going down the road to Anshock and Andorra to borrow the guy's dyno in there, Jumpy's <laughs> dyno, but. You know, the fact that oh, these no guys way. have dinos. Yeah, the fact that they've got dinos in-house is, is serious. I think they've got a, a great shop, race shop to go have a look at. And I'm super keen to go there. So I, I definitely will be making a stop off probably mid-season. Uh, maybe just before Whistler. I saw that Whistler's on my schedule, which I haven't been back to in years. But uh, that's going to be exciting. That's cool. 
Yeah, absolutely. That'd be great. Um, we'll, couple, couple of fun ones to finish it off. Um, who's your favourite teammate that you've you've ever had? Yeah, I got asked this last night, <laughs> and uh, I've had a lot of great teammates. I mean, PD was probably my longest teammate, and you know, we've had some great times. You know, I've known PD since since he was dating his wife. You know, she was on she was on. Um, animal Orange. Same team. So that's how yeah. I was introduced to, yeah, that's how I was introduced to PD. But, you know, I've had some great teammates. You know, if you go back to like Global Race, and there was Mick Hanna, Naoki Nagawa, Mr. Giovi. Um, you've got like through the Honda, Brendan Faircloth, Maddie Lee Coynan, um, Cyril Kurtz. Then going on to like Santa Cruz, of you know, it's PD, Ratboy, Rennie. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, I've been super lucky. Loris Verger and, and Lucas Shaw. And, you know, Jackson, Loria, I've had, and Nina, I mean, Nina was the first female teammate I've had in, in a while. So yeah. it, it's, I've, I've been super lucky to have had, been on great teams with, with, with other great riders. Um, it, it, I, have, I have been super lucky there. That's pretty cool. So I can't actually answer your question. <laughs> no, you've had a lot of good teammates. I think with the, the, probably the one teammate we could come up with the most stories is probably PD. I mean, yeah, we've... <laughs> We've hung out a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, I guess the, there was a couple of names that stood out there for me. So um, can you give us your best Nathan Rennie and or uh, Rat Boy story that we can, you know, PC one that you can tell or semi-PC? Oh. Rennie, I mean, I can't, I, I can't remember a... I mean, there were a lot of stories. Yeah, it's probably constant. One of my, my favorite memory of, of Nathan was uh, Fort William 2008, where there were three syndicate riders on the podium, myself, Peter, and Nathan. So and that, that was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. that was a, that was a, that, that's pretty special. Um, back then, Raddy was a junior. So, you know, all three elites were, were all on the podium. So that's cool. I mean, with Nathan, there was, there was always a story. Every, every, uh, <laughs> Every race, I remember he, I think he got left behind in Andorra maybe one year. Um, we couldn't find him. And uh, then he lost his passport or something. Uh, I, I remember there was a story around there. Uh, but then the same thing happened to Ratboy. I think you you guys were throwing eggs at we, him. We were the instigators of that when he got left behind. Kathy got so pissed <laughs> off with him, she left him behind. <laughs> Yeah, we were late for we were late for a flight, and uh, he would he was too nervous to run outside and get in the car because yeah. you guys kept pounding eggs at him. So I think he, I he think Dougie had locked him out on the balcony or something as well. And yeah, uh, uh, yeah. So uh, oh, there, there was always stories. Those two were a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. No, that's um, that's awesome, James. You got anything else you you want to throw in before we? Should we should we wrap it up with a with a final question yeah. here, Kerry. And it's a, a bit of a dozy. Greg, do you think your World Cup win record will ever be broken? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, for sure it, it, it should be. Um, you know, I, I was I was lucky I had a I've had a long career, but I've also had a lot of injury. So it's um and big injury too. I, I've been I've been fortunate enough to come back from them. So I feel like with the riders now having less injuries, um that that it yeah for sure it's it's, it's got to be broken uh, it, it 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 definitely will yeah the the historic romantic Karen, the historic saying? romantic in me will just say no and it will live on forever you know like <laughs> don't want to well, see hopefully it broken we can make it a bit longer idea. i mean yeah. i mean i'd like to extend it a bit that that would be nice but it's um yeah i think uh you know back then we also had less racing right for, for mm. a long time we, we only had five world cups a season we only had you know, so then, then we moved back to six. You know, we yeah. started on eight, then we dropped off to five. And for a couple of years, we only had five World Cups. And then we had to focus on Norbers. And so there was a lot of racing I missed out on a while. But, you know, I had a, I had a terrible shoulder injury in, in 2001 at the end of my first successful World Cup season. And, you know, carrying that through to, to 2007, where eventually I just absolutely destroyed in Fort William at World Champs. Yeah. Um, uh, those, those that period of racing, I had my shoulder dislocated a hell of a lot. So I really, yeah. um, it hindered me a lot from from racing. Yeah. I feel like I remember you dislocating it in race runs, 
like or yeah. that happening. I mean, Saint Anne, I remember. Yeah, Mont Saint Anne was one where uh, I ended up second to I think Sam or maybe Kavarik. Mm-hmm. I think it was Sam. Um, it, it used to dislocate and, and sit out the front of my chest, and um, wow. I try swing it to get it back in, and and uh, I remember just swinging and it wouldn't come in. So eventually, I just peeled off the track, and as I turned, I, I must have hit some kind of bump, and it popped back in. And then I turned back on the track and then kept racing and ended up second. So there, you know, there, there's a lot of stories that, like that where um, you know there, there's there's losses, but um, so yeah, I, I, unfortunately, I think that that. That record will definitely be beaten. Hey, I, I don't know if I don't know if we're going to see many other people whose career spans twenty four years though, twenty five years. So yeah, maybe we'll hold on to that. We'll hold on to that record. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's a that's definitely an impressive record. Well, mate, I'd love to. I'd definitely love to see you extend that. Uh, you know, extend that win streak this year. But either way, it's going to be it's going to be really cool to see you. Um, you know doing something new and it looks like you've found a you know from a from a random connection you've found a good new home so i'm looking forward to it yeah i, th- I think it's going to be cool you know this whole team is, is being built for for future racing and i'm i'm stoked that I'm, I'm getting this opportunity to go back and race with the setup you know the setup that i feel is going to be good the setup that i feel is going to be a a great um a great platform for like Gracie and Lucas for them to excel. And then for the youth coming through, I mean, that's exactly what we're building this for. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm just forcing my way into race one more year though. <laughs> hey, the, the fans are here <laughs> for it. I'm sure there's no one that's mad about it. So no, we, um, we definitely appreciate it. And we, um, yeah, we really appreciate you taking the time to, um, to chat with us through the, through the new deal and through some old stories too. So thanks again, Greg. It's been awesome. No, cool. No thanks, guys. Thanks for thanks for having me on the on the show. <laughs> What's up? What, what, I what, come what, what, what? from the land of doubt. Oh, in this band. Read the label carefully, I'm only here for the show. I love hip-hop too much to let you feed my ego. In the key of F-U-C-K, why owe you? I mean, why do I owe you if you're not helping me through? I mean, why do I owe you if you're obstructing my view? Success is not my class or just a house that's brand new. You see, I irrigate the culture, give it shape like a sculpture. Still complicated, rock like I'm supposed to. B-L-I-T-Z like my DJ. Rock to the rhythm like you rock to what he plays. That's it.